and thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's welcome our guest, Kevin Dial. Kevin, thanks so much for being here, buddy. Absolutely, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So me and Kevin have known each other uh, uh, quite a while. He actually serves on the board at, at Valor. But uh, yeah, one of the questions we like to ask, and this is a complicated question when it comes to you maybe, but uh, what is it that you do? I am a believer first, and uh, that drives everything that changes the world around me and changes my world. Um, And when God leads, you know, um, the story in the Bible of the talents, uh, I do believe that there are some people with one talent, and they should use it well, but God uh, put me in some places and positions in my life early that kind of brought me to the position. It's been building to the point where uh, actually now he's actually to ask me to put some white space back on my schedule, which is <laughs> difficult because, you know, you get involved in stuff. So uh, when you ask me what I do, the, the thing that gives a paycheck to me right now is mm-hmm. a retirement from the military. Uh, okay. In December of 2017, they uh, said it is time for you to leave after 35 <laughs> years, 11 months and seven days. There you go. Yeah, it was a good Good ride. Um, I started in the Marine Corps in 1982, did a couple of years there as an enlisted soldier, came into the National Guard and uh, served another uh, 31 years there in the National Guard. So uh, very fulfilled with that. Still do a lot with veteran community. Again, because of that natural tie, um, I do things at the Lebanon Veteran Home and the Oregon Veterans Home mm-hmm. over in the, uh, the Dalles. I lead a group called AUSA. I'm the president for the Association of the United States Army, uh, which we're getting ready for the Christmas season, and uh, we give generally about $20,000 worth of items to the veterans in those homes. So wow. mm-hmm. we've been collecting and working on, we just had a fundraiser in August, a uh, golf tournament, and I play no golf. I am very clear <laughs> how bad I am. I've paid people hundreds of dollars to play golf for me. Uh, you get a really high score. That's I, a, that's okay. Yeah. It's usually the right really, thing. Now, <laughs> here in a bowling alley, that would actually make sense. Exactly. I love bowling scores, but not when I'm playing golf. So uh, um, involved in veteran issues also tailors into here in the Salem area. Um, when I retired, I had some friends that were retired veterans in this local area, and uh, they asked me if I'd consider being a director for a group called SOVA, Serving Our Vets at Home. In fact, uh, last Wednesday of this week, we just did the veteran stand down there at the YMCA. YMCA actually a ribbon cutting on uh, Wednesday and uh, or Tuesday. And then Wednesday all day was the Serving Our Vets at Home veteran stand down where we provide services and uh, support to veterans in the local um, Polk and Marion County area. So truly an amazing thing there. Uh, God also called me to uh, be involved in youth, and that, again, I'd been working with Dayspring for years in their youth ministry, and then uh, when Tim and the group said, hey, would you consider being on Valor, I stepped up and uh, I said— Because you didn't have enough going on. Because I didn't have enough going on. (laughs) Um, You know, what really drives my heart is kids, and uh, we have three biological children, one adopted son, and uh, four— 10 fosters wards or others that have come through and mm. uh, you know god calls us to to always be that that parent and uh, in fact right now about three weeks ago i had a young man that had come through our youth group and uh, he's an add-on right now he's living on my couch uh, <laughs> and uh you know where yeah. god leads it, it's been great to input into his life so mm. um what do I do? Yeah, oh, that's complicated. And I forgot my full-time job. Okay. So I am the disaster recovery manager for the Sanium Canyon Long-Term Recovery Group. 
out of Sublimity, Oregon. And uh, that is a full-time job of helping people as they rebuild lives, homes, and businesses up the canyon. Mm. Uh, truly, though, one of the best things it is, it, it's the hands and feet every day. One of the questions that makes sense for us as our Leadership Leading Well podcast is, when did you first know you were a leader? So I was 10 years old when a drunk driver hit my dad. And uh, it, long story short, you get stepped into positions sometimes. And mm. I became the man of the family at 10 years old. Mm. I had a younger brother, 18 months younger than me. And mom was a full-time employee. And at that point, I really started getting pushed into positions in both the family and at church. Um, you know, I, I was in a youth group as a, a middle schooler, and I led I led worship, which, heaven help them, <laughs> I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I have no idea how that ever worked. But I remember leading song service, and then I became a small group leader and uh, worked in youth all, all through my life growing up. And then... Uh, uh, four days after uh, high school, I'm a Springfield Miller. I'm an Oregonian, born and bred, but graduated from Springfield in June of 82. Uh, June 4th, actually. June 8th, I was sitting in Marine Corps boot camp. and wow. Uh, wow. And I actually talked two friends into joining with me. <laughs> so uh, I got promoted, and they got a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's good. What um, you learn, though, is you learn how to lead. And that was one of the things the Marine Corps taught me. So, you know, that four years was very developmental, and I would never go back and change it. Um, definitely started me down a path. And then, again, God puts you into position and being available and saying yes. Um, yeah. He usually takes care of the rest, right? He does. Yeah. Um, what, uh, if you're looking back, what's one of the first things you remember being passionate about? We used to do, a, it was like Jeopardy uh, when I was growing up, and they would have these Bible quiz teams and I actually had to memorize the book of John. And I remember it, mm. it was insane. <laughs> but to go back and look at it, I remember that distinctly as being something I said, man, I can really get into this. And to develop an excellence, you know, when your team, mm. it, it, they actually had these buzzers and these kids would travel around and we'd compete against each other. And I remember in middle school that that really was, you know, I, I saw the ability to seek excellence in something, mm -hmm. to get good at it. And and it kind of is, I'm hardwired not to fail. I really dislike failure. And to be able to put the time and resources, and, and again, I think that's why God now has asked me to you know not put anything else new on the plate, uh, even though some of the local Kaiserites have talked me into rotary lately. <laughs> but um, it actually dovetails with a lot of other stuff I do. And sure. it's like, all right, well, I'm doing that already. Now I get credit for it through rotary. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about uh, what routines do you have in your life, uh, whether that's a morning or things you do that just you regularly do? Yeah. Every morning I get up and I spend time in the Word. Mm. And uh, it, it's funny because uh, when I first got this new job, my son had got, bought a car that I talked him into letting me use, and it has no radio, but it will Bluetooth my phone. And I'd been hit or miss inconsistent in my, my morning. In fact, many days it'll be like I'll get to a weekend and now I got three days to catch up I missed last week of my <laughs> Bible study, of my read through the Bible. and But this car 
only uses my phone. And so now I'm linked Bluetooth and every morning I get up and it's quiet and I have to either link my phone to what I want to listen to, which is going to be my apps, uh, going through Rick Warren's uh, yeah. Living Well series and, and another one from a team out of Alpha out of uh, England. Mm. And it just really changes my day. And when we were headed to the veteran stand down, the young kid that I'm mentoring right now, uh, he got my Bible studies, which was about not living off of um, feelings, living off the fact that God is good and he has what's in store for us. And so, again, I said, hey, this is the routine. Sorry. Sit down. Listen up. Be <laughs> quiet. We'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. You know, uh, Alyssa, Kevin says uh, – uh, a guy that I'm mentoring, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin's a, a six day a week, uh, mentor, you know, I mean, some of the requirements for, uh, to be on the board at Bauer, uh, would be, you have to be mentoring somebody. And then of course, giving financially to our organization. And yeah. so we have rock stars like Kevin and others that just are mentoring machines. We can't even calculate the hours with guys like them. Yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned that you don't have a radio. If, if there was a radio, what's like the, your channel that you're listening to for music? What's your favorite? I don't music. listen to music. I'm a talk radio guy. Wow. <laughs> okay. I, and I love podcasts. So, again, I, right. I, you know, as you look at the white spaces, and years ago we gave up TV, and I would just challenge everybody. If you say, I don't have time, look at your schedule and look at your checkbook, and I'll tell you what's important to you. But mm. TV is absolutely the curse of our generation. It has sucked the life and potential out of our society, and and I think radio is also fluff. A lot of uh, music, e even, you know, I love Christian music, and I listen to that one with our family. Um, but when I'm alone, I, I'm developing personally myself. I'm in the middle of the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Mm. And... Uh, I try to stay away from stuff that, again, is is dark, but I, I definitely will challenge myself with even somebody that, again, he came from a background of faith, and he was actually on track to go into the ministry. He was like the third son, and they had him programmed to go that way, and, mm -hmm. and it's not where he wanted to go and became a printer, and again, history is the rest. But yeah. Yeah. things you don't know about people— um, it builds my faith, you know, to see that many of our founders of this nation— had a faith that was true, and, yep. and they saw without God, uh, we were lost. Yeah. yeah. And you like radio and our talk show, radio and podcasts, and, and now you're on the on radio on a podcast. podcast. Isn't that great? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. And what you're saying, sometimes you glean from books or other podcasts, which is why we have this show, right? That we have such tremendous leaders uh, around us. And so that's the idea is getting to know who they are and then what are some of the things that they've found to be, you know, good tools in their lives or whatever. Mm -hmm. One question we like to ask often is like, out of uh, what's maybe the best idea or one of the best ideas that you've ripped off, you know, and, and used, you know? So I do tell people, I said, I love R&D, uh, which is rip <laughs> off and duplicate. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, there is no flattery like, you know, somebody else, a tool that's used well for them. And um, I like studies. In fact, I, I lead a men's group, and uh, we often will use a study. And I like studies that have dual media. So a lot of my guys in the group are older. They like a book. Mm. But if, if this study doesn't have an audio portion to me, I don't get as much out of it because I will be able to listen to the audio. And I will just tell people, I says, if you can get audio and then you get the book, I always buy the book. But the book is a complement to my audio, and I can listen to the same chapter three or four times in the week before I do the lesson, whereas they're reading it once and they're done. And so I'll read it once right before class, 
but I've already listened to it two or three times. And so, mm-hmm. again, if, if you're going to lead, lead well. Right. And have the material down. Um, yeah. And as a leader, you get a new responsibility. And I will just tell you, it develops my personal faith even more because I've heard this multiple times. I've lived this life. You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but right. my faith is still developed every day. And so, um, yeah, one of the things, and I don't know who I took it from because my military experience, I've got a lot of leaders. Uh, there was one guy, he was, uh, and he probably, I think he's living in Florida now. He's a re- retired general. But when he was my boss, again, uh, he had a folder for me, and he would bring me in every week, and he'd say, what are you working on? And when I'd get something complete, it, it, he'd put new thing on my task. And he says, again, there's no white space. There's no opportunity. I'm using you to your best event or to your best effect. Right. And he kept me busy. So, uh, mm. Doug Pritt, if you're out there listening, again, I uh, I take lessons you taught me <laughs> every day. Uh, That's good. And yeah. use them. You know, there's a common saying that said, if you want something done, find a busy person to get it. And so I, I think that largely describes you and, and a lot of the things you're accomplishing in our community and stuff. Um, maybe uh, if you have some white space or whatever, what's something that uh, maybe you or your wife or, or you like to do for fun? I am a rock nut, and I know that seems weird, but lapidary work, it, for years, the boys and I have, uh, in fact, that was one of the things is we brought foster kids in, and even my kids, spring break, I would drag them out across Oregon, and we would car camp or tent camp. Uh, once in a while, they'd get a real warm room. Uh, <laughs> depends on if the snow was happening. So March in Oregon, uh, I know John Day got really cold one time. And so uh, we were actually in this uh, hotel for one night. But I take the kids out and they get to experience Oregon. And we go dig rocks and we go uh, chip them out of the walls. And then we bring them back. Uh, for those in the Salem area that don't know, the 50-plus center has a lapidary shop upstairs. You pay money to get trained and then you can go pay rental to use their equipment. And they also have a wood shop downstairs. They have a silversmith shop. So a lot of resources. What in the world? I, yeah. I know, right? It's just right right down the road. Right down the street. And you don't need to be 50 plus. You just have to be a community member and get locked in. And it is truly resources. Um, yeah. How about uh, shifting back to, to work or, or boards or whatever? What, what makes an effective meeting? Be brief, be brilliant, be gone. Wow. You know, have a plan when you walk in and be able to negate or distract distractors. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have, even in my small group, uh, I know there's a couple of guys and I love them to death, but sometimes we'll hit a rabbit trail and it absolutely, and so again, my job as the leader is to watch the point where they may mention something that actually is relevant to mm-hmm. what we're in. I say, and, and again, it's not to crush their spirit, but to get them back on track is like, that absolutely tails into our next point and then drag them back into the where we were at because right. I don't want to crush the conversation, but mm-hmm. I also needed to not be talking about politics of the day or the, the latest ad or the next TV show. I needed to be on the topic that we had. So again, walking into a meeting as a leader, have a plan, and then be versed in bringing people back to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's been critical for my success in leadership. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't, uh, a lot of us, like yourself, are, are in a lot of meetings and and a lot of groups that you get invited to or whatever. But uh, the ones that I, the organizations and things that I I don't stay with long is is when things are ran really long or, or, or sloppy. And so it's not that I'm any cooler or more important, but uh, 
but I do really value my time. I, I live with a sense of urgency like you. And, uh, and so those things are important. I, sometimes what you, you're describing is like, I, I sometimes as the leader in the room, see that. And sometimes I have somebody there to, to be that person. Cause I, I can, I can also be drawn into a rabbit trail. And so, so, you know, kind of when you look into your own gift set, uh, it, you know, apply it if it's you. If not, surround yourself with somebody who's got yeah, that gift, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it takes a team, not right. any one person. Um, I was in Rotary. I'm doing Rotary Zoom. And so we're on last night and we get to the end and I said, oh, and we forgot. And there was one key piece, which is, again, the four truths. And so, again, the, the basic test. And I, and I said, hey, we have – and sure enough, he goes, well, thanks. I would have missed that. No, it, that's a team effort. It's not anything on you. It's just right. everybody is responsible to make sure we're successful. Yeah. I mean, you think, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about groups getting distracted and having to like watch for something to pull them back in. It's like, I used to lead a small group of middle school girls. And it's like, well, to be honest, I was like, who would get more distracted in like on rabbit trails? A group of guy (laughs) best friends, which is really distracting. And then also our group of middle school girls. I was like, it's just tough. You know, you got to, you're like, and we're coming back now. (laughs) Let's bring it back. It's good. Oh, man. If uh, another question we like to ask people, you know, so you're at this stage of, of life and what advice would you give your younger self? You know, if you were talking to your 20 year old self or 25 year old self, I would never distract my younger self with making mistakes. Every mistake, every challenge I've been through was a God driven, God planned event to build me to who I am. Uh, early on in my military career, um, there were some challenges. I, I had some suicides and some that later mm. in my career, I actually became a notifier of casualties. Mm. Wow. All those things led up to the point where now I'm helping people in that last stage. You know, I'm helping people build their wills and I'm helping people prepare for. Mm-hmm. I've had multiple family members pass. And I don't think you can plan for the life you live. You just got to be grateful for what you've been through and know that God built you to be that exact person for this time, for such a time as this. You know, mm-hmm. the, the story of Esther, all those things she went through, she had a choice. You can choose to not say anything. Or you can choose to be the person God put you in the place for to act. And so mm. I'm very cautious. You know, uh, this young man I'm mentoring, he's like, well, this yesterday was this, and I could have done that. And I said, no, you couldn't have. It's gone. It's done. Leave it. Yeah. Live today and be prepared for tomorrow. So very cautious. Don't go back and dwell on the past. People that, again, the mistakes that I made, I said I'm sorry, and I moved on. And I don't carry them in my rucksack. Otherwise, it would be a 1,000 pounds. <laughs> I really, I, I move wow. light, and yep. I move with what God's given me today, and you know, the mistakes I made are the mistakes I made, and the benefits I've had are the benefits I've had. Today is a new day. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I often tell people, listen, God doesn't spend much or any time in the rearview mirror, you know? I mean, uh, like, you're just another way of saying what you're saying, like... Uh, there is nothing you can do no. about that, but you certainly can do something about the future. And the one thing you certainly can control is is your mind. It's yeah. the one thing that that uh, we that uh, we have total control over. And right. the Israelites built these piles of rocks all over to remember what God had done, but they didn't carry those rocks with them. You know, oh, right? that's <laughs> good. Oh, remember that pile over there? Yeah, I remember. That's where God did this. Hey, remember that? Yeah, that's where God did this. But it's not in my backpack, and I'm not dragging it through life. <laughs> And, and too many people, again, you know, they, well, I'm going to unpack this. No, it shouldn't have been in your back suitcase at all. Hmm. Yeah. Leave it and move forward. Point to it. I remember when God was faithful. I remember the tough times. But again, life in our faith is not about feelings. It is about mm. the fact that God is good 
every day, and I got to know that. And the thing I'm going through or the benefit or blessing I'm getting is just part of that process. Mm. Mm, yeah. If uh, So we have a broad listening audience or whatever, and there's that uh, somebody who's towards re- uh, their latter years or retirement years, whether that's 50 plus or, or whatever. And uh, like, if you got any advice for people that maybe feel like they don't have as much going on or as much purpose? Yeah. Or, yeah. It's called inertia. An object at rest stays at rest. An object at motion stays in motion. Mm. If you decide to sit on a chair and you don't have a personal drive to get out and change the world, and it doesn't take much to change the world. It just takes care. It just takes an attitude of gratitude, an attitude that I'm going to make a difference. And one, the story of the starfish is my favorite one. Right. This guy's walking down the beach, and there was a storm, and all these starfish, and he's throwing them back in. And the guy that walks towards him says, what are you doing? Well, I'm throwing starfish in the ocean. He goes, you're never going to throw them all in. He goes, nope, but I made a difference for this one. Yeah. And I made a difference for this one. Again, if you look at what's ahead and you actually look at, man, I'll never make a difference in this big picture. The world is broken. Right. The world is, it's a mess. Yeah. I can't fix the whole world. I can fix this one and I can fix this thing and I can right. fix today. And I work today and I do, I challenge people. They say, well, I don't know where to get plugged in. I cannot tell you how many times people have told me that. And I said, well, here. And I, but, but, but you really see the commitment people have when, again, are you willing to make a change? I don't, I won't overwhelm you. I won't give you my life because your talents are not my talents. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you a start point. Let's work towards that. Yeah. And it really just takes one of those little things, right? Yeah. And, and they build on each other. And then all of a sudden you're looking back like, whoa, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the book Halftime by Bob Buford, uh, in that essentially it's kind of like uh, in your 20s and 30s, you're uh, getting raises and getting promotions and whatever, and then marriage and children or whatever that looks like. And, and then you get to 40 and, and beyond. And uh, you've built up all this experience and wisdom and whatever. And it's uh, uh, my mindset. I know I'm a little crass or whatever, but what a waste to yeah. to not use that in your 40s 50s and or 40s 30s you know and beyond you're you're wiser at 30 than you were at 20 you know? and so, so yeah i mean and it's so worth uh passing it on and then of course what science would back this up as you and i talked about before the show is that it, it provides gratitude uh you know when we serve others and so well on. yeah and you think you know every Every day, if you ever, you know, let's say you like made a dangerous left turn one time, the next time you're not going to do that, right? So you've learned something yep. and you have all those things as you age up and age up and age up. And now you're going to sit there and it's like duplicate yourself because then someone's going to start out better off, you know? And that's like the whole beautiful thing about the, it's like the rear view mirror, but it's like share your rear view mirror, like what you've seen your whole life, share it with somebody yeah. and then, yeah. Yeah. W- wisdom has tuition that we have to pay, right? Yeah. And you can get it largely two ways. Yeah. Uh, you can get it, uh, through, through pain, and and the cost is pretty substantial, right? Or you can get it from others, and uh, it costs less. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. one of the military phrases is pain creates change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you make it so painful to stay where you're at to do what you're doing. You either deal with the pain, and most people won't. They will change. And we are a, we are a creature built to avoid pain. Right. So, you know, how do I create change? I create enough pain. It's so difficult to stay where you're at. You have to have a change. And I think God gives us that as well. You know, we each in our lives, sitting as a retiree, at what point does that pain of, of not making a difference actually Motivation cause you impetus or... to move? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, you know, and you're my good buddy, uh, Buddy Puckett, and you know, has that saying, yeah. like, pain is a wonderful teacher. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. And and uh, we don't have to stay in it, but but embracing it enough to learn from it is a valuable tool, right? You and it's know? a process. You know, pain does that. My verses in life are Romans 5, 3 through 5. Rejoice in your suffering. Suffering brings perseverance. Perseverance brings character, and character brings hope. And hope does not disappoint. But it's a process, and if you never went through that suffering, you never learned how to stick it out, and you never learned how to develop that character and to have Mm. the hope that there's something better ahead of you. You know, uh, people that have never had a tough time, I I really feel sad for them, sorry for them. Mm. Life is not about just ease and comfort, and anybody that preaches that message is uh, maybe not reading the book I'm reading. (laughs) Yeah. If there's like one thing that you would say is like something you want somebody to take away from from listening today, what what would that that thing be? You have a choice. Um, each one of us has a choice. To, we're exactly where we want to be. And, and people say, "Well, I I, I didn't want to be here." Well, then make a different choice. Make a different choice today. I can't fix yesterday, but we are exactly where we want to be. If I don't like what's happening to me now, I need to make different choices to put me in a different position tomorrow. And it's not going to happen. There's no lottery that's going to give me millions of dollars and change my life. It's a slow movement towards that goal. And that's what God asks each one of us to do. Each one of us has to have a choice and a a focus to make today better so tomorrow will be better. And not just for us, but for those around us because we impact a lot of people. Yeah, that's good wisdom. Kevin, thanks so much for being our guest today. Yeah, we really appreciate you and your endless, tireless uh, service in the community. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring. If you'd like to get in touch with Kevin Dial, you can email him at kevindial44 at gmail.com. Listen to our new podcast episodes air on KSLM every Saturday at 11 a.m. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.